Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Sunday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com as I record this episode. I have another great show lined up for you. But before we get started, I just wanted to mention something new that I'm offering on my website, JohnSRennie.com. Now, if you sign up for my weekly newsletter, I will now send you a free new ebook that I just wrote. It's called The New Leader Guide 10 Steps to Making a Lasting Impact in the First 100 Days. I wrote this book for brand new leaders and those seasoned leaders moving into a new leadership role. In my career, I've led nine different manufacturing businesses. And I've been that new boss more times than I can count. So I decided to write some things down. These are the things uh, that I've learned over the years that will help you make a greater impact. So check it out at the bottom of the page at johnsrenny.com. Now, if you're looking to support what I do on the show, purchase one of my books at johnsrenny.com or visit my sponsors, bottomguncoffee.com or ihavethewatch.com. Both my sponsors use the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today, my guest is Puneet Dillon. Puneet is a leader and entrepreneur. He's the founder and CEO of Sky Bioscience. He's also a triathlete who has written a new book where he takes the ideas he's learned from competitive sports and applies them to business. The book is called Catapult. How to Think Like a Corporate Athlete to Strengthen Your Resilience. This is a fascinating read and a great interview, and I know you'll enjoy it. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Puneet Dillon. Puneet is the chairman and CEO of Sky Bioscience. He's also the author of a new book called Catapult, How to Think Like a Corporate Athlete to Strengthen Your Resilience. Puneet is a competitive swimmer who has leveraged his athletic strengths to succeed in the business world, and now he's helping others do the same. I'm excited to have him on the show to learn from his experiences. So, Puneet, welcome. Hey, thank you very much, John. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, you know, this is kind of interesting, this idea of a corporate athlete and the idea of resilience. So both those things really resonated with me. So I'm really excited to have you on the show because uh, as leaders, we've got to have this level of resilience. And I think uh, you're going to bring some ideas that are going to be really helpful for our listeners. So let's dive in a little bit to your past. So first of all, your story is pretty incredible. You, as a child, you, as I understand, you almost drowned in a swimming pool, and now later you're a competitive swimmer. Now, tell us a little bit about your journey and how that helped you in uh, in the business world. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, no longer the same competitive swimmer as I was in my adolescence <laughs> and, and got into university, but um, but I, I'm still competing as a triathlete. Uh, so uh, I've definitely uh, continued being active, uh, and you know that's worked out really well from, a uh, from, uh, I think this term corporate athlete, uh, resonates with a lot of people. It's a, 
there's a simplicity to it in terms of being able to connect uh, with that connotation. I think this idea of strengthening resilience to attain success and, and achieving those objectives that people set out to achieve are, is something that is very relatable. Uh, and I, I believe there's a lot of similarities in the behavior and training and approach that both serve an athlete as well as an entrepreneur. Uh, so the corporate athlete, you, you have to kind of face this and realize this dream and you're really determined to lead to some innovation or breakthroughs. And that's the underlying premise of the book that, 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 that does take a little bit of, or not a little bit of work. It takes a lot of planning and hard work, but uh, it's attainable just like uh, an athlete or a professional athlete uh, goes after their objectives. So we can learn a lot uh, from athletic success and that tra- and then translate it uh, to the workplace and boardroom life and, and life in general, I believe. Mm. So it's meant uh, the book was meant to inspire uh, people of all ages uh, so they can literally catapult themselves to new levels of success and satisfaction. And like you said, it served, it served me well in terms of offering a very good structure for me to reflect on certain principles that I believe have served me well as an entrepreneur and that I've carried uh, or learned from uh, my experience as an athlete. Mm. So, you know, one of the things I think of when you talk about a triathlete, that, that's a level of endurance that, uh, you know, that most of us don't, don't understand, right? Uh, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, miles after mile of both biking, running, swimming. Uh, it takes endurance. It takes grit. It takes a passion to succeed. Do you see parallels uh, with with what it's like to start a business? Because I know you've done that as well. What are the, some of those parallels? Well, the one I've been using a lot uh, coming out of the book is that uh, uh, there's never a finish line in uh, in on in entrepreneurship uh, and in life in general. I think uh, <laughs> being a triathlete has taught me that. In fact, the book opens up with this story of me uh, uh, doing my first Ironman and uh, that proverbial finish line is right there visu- visually in my view, uh, but only to have to turn the other direction oh. and then run another mile before I come back to the finish line. And and you're ready to like pull your hair out at this point, because, uh, you know, if everyone talks about this concept of mental toughness, I think it extends uh, beyond mental toughness uh, that, uh, endurance training tests you in, in a lot of different ways. It tests you physically uh, and mentally and spiritually. Uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's a, been a, a wonderful experience. So yeah, I've, I've, I've had a lot of opportunity to reflect uh, by doing endurance training because you're spending a lot of solo time with yourself. So it, it does let you work through problems and challenges. And those could be, in other parts of your life because you have some time and solo time to do so as, as, as well there's been the, the natural benefit of, of training. Uh, it's been, it's been really healthy and, and, uh, and that, that has served well from a physicality standpoint and stamina perspective and the other aspects that uh, have translated into the workplace. I did a race actually a few weeks ago and I hadn't done a race in a while. And it was, it was, uh, it was definitely testing, 
my patience again uh, for for racing and doing longer distance events. So when you're doing a 10 kilometer run versus a six hour race, uh, they're two different uh, challenges altogether. And uh, I hadn't run I hadn't run a half marathon in a while, so I did a half iron, and the last part of the leg is a is a 13 mile run. So I had done one 13 mile run training run uh, like a few weeks prior, uh, and prior to that, I hadn't run probably more than 10 miles like for a year. And, wow. and it just, again, it's like, but it's level setting. And at the same time, it's making um, one comfortable with the uncomfortable. So it's really setting those new bars and expectations. And frankly, it's the same thing in business. It doesn't, uh, businesses aren't stagnant. You have to continue to grow. Growth comes in many different forms. You have to set new bars and expectations for stakeholders and there, there is a huge component of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that could be as simple as sticking your neck out in terms of where you're setting up expectations around milestones or inflection in a business. And then on the, on the, on the athletic side, it's the same thing. Getting uh, in order to break into those new boundaries for yourself, uh, it, is a, it is very personal. And that's the thing about these endurance sports and why I write a lot about this in Catapult is that uh, nobody really chooses to be a, a recreational marathoner. Uh, it, it, it is, it is not it, anybody that says they're a recreational marathoner is fooling themselves. It's, it's your one is usually challenging themselves and it's to, to personally improve themselves. It could be a better time. It could be a faster pace. It, it's, uh, usually, um, uh, with, with the expectation that you're, trying to improve your, um, yourself and, and your, your, you know, obviously, um, marathoning is a, a big commitment, but a uh, funny story is when I showed up on, um, Sunday morning in Santa Cruz, uh, for the race, I, the, the day before the check-in and you, you do, you see a lot of people there and you see the, the bike, uh, corral was about 3000 bikes and you can just, it puts it in perspective. Like, wow, there's a lot of people here. But then the morning of uh, the race, everyone's there at 5.15 a.m. The race doesn't start till 6.50, 6.50. And uh, I was like, this is not even, uh, this is not an Ironman. This is like a Taipei conference. Like, <laughs> this is, yeah. you know, like this is where, where all the Taipei people, you know, come and congregate. And it was uh, quite, you know, just a different perspective. I'm like, oh, this is, this is so funny to see all of these people that are just wired all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, one of the things that I always say that is, you know, when we set off to achieve a goal, you know, it always seems easier in the beginning. You're like, oh, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to run a, you know, do a triathlon, right? And then, um, it, you know, we, we we picture it in our head and it seems achievable, right? And then at the end, when we cross the finish line, there's some exhilaration. And maybe at the end, of, at the end it's it's not all, all that, like you said, there's no real end in mind, right? You, you It's always continuous. So that the achievement is always like, oh, okay, I did it. And I had a good time or what have you. But I think in my mind, at least, is that your character is shaped in the middle. So it's 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 in the, the hours of training that you put in. It's in the middle of the race where you got a cramp or something is not right with your gear or and you just continue to persevere. I think that's where I see that that I, the ability to persevere that 
through difficulty is really a character shaping, isn't it? That's that kind of shapes your character. Our the middle of anything difficult is what really our character, where our character is really shines, right? Absolutely. And you nailed it. I think that's what this whole concept of resilience is all about, is that your foundation has to encompass some resilient, uh, resilient, sorry, uh, experience in order to withstand the stress and the adversity, no matter what the circumstances that you find yourself in. So it's definitely a growth moment. And when you have that strong foundation in place, you can view those challenges, setbacks, you know, whatever it is that, that cause you pause and then uh, uh, be able to break it down for yourself. And sometimes it's analyzing the situation. Sometimes it's figuring out what went wrong and why in business. That's a lot of, you know, time people don't take enough time to do a postmortem around a right. bad decision. Yeah. And same thing with athletics. Uh, in order to move forward, forward smarter and stronger than before, uh, there those moments are definitely something we we have to take pause and 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 learn from. And, and every one of those situations, and you're like, yeah, you can go back to being uh, a triathlon or a long run or a long bike. Or when you're going from point A to point B, you don't have a choice other than to finish or mm-hmm you go backwards <laughs> and most right, people right. don't like going backwards. Right. So, you know, imagine um, I've, I've been exploring this idea of channel uh, swimming and, and channel um, uh, crossing a channel is basically I've got into, I've recently got into paddle boarding um, prone paddle boarding and, and um, there's a big paddle board event that happens here. It takes a lot of effort is a 30 mile or 30 something mile uh, paddle board from Catalina Island to um, Manhattan oh, wow. Beach. Uh, so it takes it's, a, it's quite a quite a feat, and you have to qualify. And there's the qualifying events are also these longer, ten plus or fifteen plus mile uh, events. But you, know, you start from Catalina Island, you got to get to, you got to make it to the mainland. So you're just not like you have a choice. Uh, right. So, right. so so that's what one of these. Um, I think that these built these are absolutely building moments and and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is, is preparing one uh, for something that they have to, they have to face. And I think in business, what uh, a lot of people don't take the time to prepare for is the secondary planning that's necessary. When you do have a goal in mind, when you're trying to cross that proverbial point A to point B, um, sometimes it doesn't go in accordance with plan. Uh, And in, in athletics, you know, you prepare for nutrition, you prepare for your cramp, uh, you're, you have an aid station, you walk it off, whatever it has, there's, there's usually some ancillary tools that you have prepared yourself in your training to do that. Imagine you applying those same tools or your, you know, the, 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 the um, equivalent types of tools in business uh, in, in planning. So I always challenge my team as works. Uh, deep into our 2022 planning right now for, for the company. I, w- I want everyone to present their plan A, but I want everyone to have their plan B and plan C attached to it. Yeah. And the yeah. contingencies are associated with that because that's our safety net. That's the ability for you to recover faster, bounce back faster, and uh, really have that resilient mindset. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate I appreciate that. That's really true. I know when we started our company, probably about a year in, I looked at the team and I said, you know, this company may be a lot different than what we planned. And because we started seeing opportunities evolving that we didn't think about when we started the business. And you know, and I think you have to be ready to, you know, to adapt and shift and as those opportunities open up and does that make sense? Can we go in that direction? And I think that's um you know, it's a similar thing with 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 athletics. You know, you you might uh, you you might have a you struggle on one part of the the race, but you're like, okay, well, I've got to make up ground, and it's good because I'm really good in I don't know hill climbing with bikes, and this is a hilly course. This is great for me, so I'm going to take advantage yeah. of those. So I think you know you adapt to the situations that you have in business, similar to what you do on the race course. You're adapting to what's happening, you know, in real time. So, you know, all the plans in the world mean nothing, you know, until you get physically in the arena and and things shift and change and morph and you realize certain things didn't work out that you thought, but other things do work out. So you're like, okay, well, this is where more what the opportunity is. And I think so many great companies uh, go from, maybe they have this one idea, but they end up morphing into something that's completely different and that's where their success is. So I think that's uh, very similar to, you know, what you might feel find in the field of athletics. Yeah. The, the, the idea that, you know, you work hard and you play hard or you're, you, you endure quote unquote pain in order to grow, you know, the, the hard work side of the equation that ends up uh, creating uh, growth is important. So there are people in athletics or sorry, athletes generally have this understanding that there's this fine balance and ratio between that, that hard work and the dividend that comes along with it. Mm. Uh, what's that saying? No pain, no gain. <laughs> right. So, right, right. right. So, uh, in the work environment, in the work environment, there's so many different components. So you may have to fire people who do not necessarily want to see you grow. Right, uh, right. You you will confront uncertainty. Uh, you're going to deal with adversity, uh, and as you do, you recognize all of it is a good kind of pain. The pain you learn from, and then you emerge from the other side as a stronger company or a stronger leader. Uh, and along the way, you know that's our responsibility to teach our colleagues and support our colleagues to experience that same growth, because uh, collectively, then that can be quite powerful. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping only, please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat, is right over there. It's at allinthesameboatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. And remember, be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. Deep Leadership is brought to you by the Bottom Gun Coffee Company. 
Bottom Gun is owned and operated by U.S. submarine veterans, and no one knows coffee better than the men and women who serve long hours keeping watch under the sea. Bottom Gun Coffee Company has a variety of coffee blends designed to keep you moving. From Ahab's Revenge, extremely strong coffee, to their morning blend, Bottom Gun purchases only premium, certified, organic coffee beans from all over the world to create the finest tasting coffee you will ever experience. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffee.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. something in the book and and i'm interested in this you say that you know we should use and you mentioned just a little bit ago adversity we should use it as fuel uh to exceed expectations so what do you mean by that as as adversity how is that can be because i think a lot of people hear adversity and they're like well nobody wants that nobody wants pain but you say we should use it as fuel yeah i i think that this comes back to this concept of resilience that in order to withstand stress that that's a component that experience comes with, right? So this is the kind of the key component of this, this book is that um, uh, experience and exposure to those different life experiences uh, really helps to uh, define into action what you're trying to achieve. So the adversity side is really linked to uh, taking stock of those setbacks and what you learn from them so that they can be something you can rely on in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's really allowing you to move forward and press on with your goal. I mean, take, for example, no athlete or professional athlete is going to show up to a competition expecting to lose, right? They're prepared to win. No matter the goal, uh, they're, they're focused, um, their focus is there to, to, to do the best that they can. So, um, but along the way, there's there's inevitably been uh, a lot of challenges that that come along along with that, and even on you know on that stage, you know, take the Olympics where we had an interesting experience with different or interesting observation with different athletes at the top of their sport, um, um, have having kind of challenging circumstances that made them reflect or, or decide that they want to change direction for, for yeah. whatever reason or, or whatever. So I, I think these are um, uh, important defining moments for, for growth. Um, the resilience is a, is a key, key part of that. Um, it's linked to this concept that our basic needs are met. So in the book, I talk about this uh, important component of, uh, basically that our, um, Maslow's print, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, it's, 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 it's a pyramid that's, that's reflected in the book, but that, um, most of our basic needs are met. The idea that, you know, food, shelter, uh, clothing, we can take that for granted. I had this discussion with my own kids like a few weeks ago and, and it, it's funny, like they just, it's in, ingrained with them in terms of what, what are the basic tenants that you need to survive? And they kind of rattled off the same. My younger daughter was being funny and she said her toothbrush, but 
that basically forms the bedrock of what uh, what we're already programmed for. So how do you, on a day-to-day perspective, put yourself into a, a situation where you're 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 growing and you're able to make a difference or um, you're taking advantage of what your own potential is that is aligned with whatever your purpose is. Those moments uh, require, I believe, a a lot more planning and and for one to move beyond the obvious and, and get into the territory of there being focus on a mindset that's growth oriented and driven to, in accordance with their purpose. Mm-hmm. So in order to get there, adversity is a part of that and, and resilience is a part of that. And um, that's where um, I kind of took it in the book beyond Maslow's hierarchy of needs to uh, outline what I think is like a, a high performance mindset, uh, this corporate high uh, corporate athlete, high performance trapezium where there's different layers that I think that we, we as a foundation have to have. Um, and uh, it's a helping towards a growth mindset and achieving one's purpose. No, I like that. And, um, you know, I, I, you got me thinking about this, you know, I, you know who David Goggins is, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, that guy is, uh, is crazy, yeah, but, he's... Uh, you know, you know, but um, one of the things he talks about always is that, you know, you've, you've not, you've not reached your full potential. Like when you think it's time to quit, you've got so much more in you. And you, you, you talk about that as well, is that most people haven't yet tapped into their full capability. They haven't even come close to it. Uh, you know, isn't that your experience in business and in athleticism, right? Is that most people haven't ever really pushed themselves. It, it, it truly is. Like, like I said, most, most people are very comfortable yeah. with where they're at. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I think it stems from the idea that we are, we are, we are kind of all a subject of our own experiences. So when our basic needs are met, we're feeling very comfortable around that. Yeah. And ah, it's like, okay, well, what else do I need to do? But then if you're spending the time to reflect on what are those motivations that you have in life or what yeah. are your uh, uh, I'm not like trying to be uh, psychoanalytical about this. This is like <laughs> I'm trying to just be pragmatic about this in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. what is the intrinsic motivation that gets somebody out of bed in the morning, and yeah, yeah. and it's and it starts with just like this. The first part is this, this basic physiology, the safety needs, and that's like the those are those things that exist, but. I'm more concerned about what are the motivations that drive us to kind of get beyond that? What are those things that ascend us beyond the pyramid? And, and this, that's why I think the, 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 we're back, I guess, in the period when, when um, Maslow defined this hierarchy that that was probably very uh, applicable because most people couldn't meet basic needs. But today I mean, we, you know, almost everyone can, can meet basic needs. Now, if you have that, then don't you have a responsibility to then take it beyond that and help those around you and yeah, the community yeah. to grow with you? So that's where I think that 
the, the important message out of this is that there are some still some large challenges. So when we talk about, okay, addressing societal issues or addressing uh, 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 challenges on this planet, well, uh, we need to be thinking uh, about how we we can affect that change. And that is the subcomponents and the subtleties around motivation that allow somebody to actually think big enough that they can actually feel like they're making a difference. Yeah. However small it is, because yeah, those little ripples do make a big difference. So, and then right in front of us, we're living in an era where there's innovation, there's technology, there's things that are happening in life sciences, there's ability for one to participate in and, and drive rapid, big change. You, you can literally speak to your neighbor and your neighbor, neighbor speaks to the other neighbor. And before you know it, you know, you're two connections away from, I, I don't know, like I, I learned last year, the gentleman that lives down the street from me controls, I think 90% of the airwaves in, or he, he is a broker <laughs> to the 90% of the airwaves in, in California. I mean, like, you know, it's just, it's fascinating in terms of what communities that we're a part of and our relationships yeah. and how that inspires one another in order to elevate the community around us to do big things. And it, and I think it starts with one, uh, an individual at an individual level, because an individual has to be motivated to have that mindset, be uh, thinking kind of beyond that. Hey, I'm just going to be, um, comfortable uh it, it's yeah it's, I, you know, this really this really hits me because i spent 22 years in in corporate america and i i was at a senior level in a big corporation making good money uh knew my job backwards and forward everyone knew who i was i knew who they were i yeah. had influence i had you know you name it i had all the all the trappings of what what is defined as success but i it was easy and I had ever, all my needs satisfied. I wasn't really pushing myself. It was easy, right? It was comfortable. And when I left the corporate world to start my own company six years ago, wow. I mean, yeah. I was not prepared for how difficult this was and how much I have grown and how much I have learned and how much I have pushed myself. But I'm a much better leader today than I was even six years ago because I have done something very uncomfortable and very difficult, you know? And I think that's a lot of what you're talking about is that we've got to step outside of these worlds of comfort that we can be, that we can fit into. That's, that's not good when we, when we're too comfortable, we're not growing, we're not pushing ourselves. We're not, we're not being all that we possibly can be. We're not, we're not, we're not reaching our full potential as a, as yeah. human beings, I don't think. We, we, we have the ability to spark that inspiration for a yeah. lot of people uh, and vice versa. There's a lot of people that spark that oh, yeah. inspiration yeah. for me. So it's, it's a, it's a responsibility. And a lot of this, I, I learned recently, I think from parenting, because I, um, I think in one regard, I was blessed with growing, growing up with a lot of hardship that, uh, instilled certain values and appreciation yeah. that, okay, we want to work hard for earning the, the next kind of success or objective that we're trying to go after. And my, my parents worked very hard for us 
for us to have basic needs. Actually, there's times where our basic needs were challenged. And, and when, and now as a kind of the next generation, we can say comfortably that our children don't have to worry about that. Their basic needs are met. Right? So, so how do we get them to experience resilience? Oh, well, this is... it's going to, it's going to be through sports, yep. you know, yep. they're going to have setbacks. Yep. There's going to be maybe a little bit of school, but I mean, school and academics is, yeah, it is resilient building. Perhaps it's resilience building, but uh, it's, uh, it's doable <laughs> if you're applying yourself, unless, unless you're having any challenges. And then uh, it's life experiences, right. That have those, have those moments for them. So I, I recently asked my kids, uh, we went over this similar topic. I had a very lively discussion with them on a Sunday afternoon. And, and I was like, give me some experience, give me some examples of resilience. And first we spent a lot of time defining what resilience is and then, and give me some examples. And then my older one was like saying, Oh, I'm having a tough time in math. And my grade went from X to Y. And I was like, Oh, that's a good example, but I think you can do better. So then, then, then the challenge was, okay, during this week with all your activities, your extracurricular activities and your school and, and your interactions with your parents, you know, Anything that you feel, you know, we want to come back and take stock of that. So it's tough. And I can tell you that it's tough for this generation to feel the same kind of hardship. So I, it, this is, yeah, so, so powerful. I raised two boys. They're yeah. uh, right now, they're uh, 20 and 24, 20, uh, 20, 23 right now. So I, I've had the biggest, the, the same exact thing that you're talking about is always worried. Like I grew up poor, not having a lot, always had, you know, and I, and I, always, you know, appreciated hard work and perseverance. And these things were part of my DNA. And I was worried my kids wouldn't have that because they grew up in a different time, right? Where they, they had more. I was, you know, I was a corporate executive. They, they had things, right? So how do you build resilience in your children when they're not faced with maybe the hardships that we had growing up? And the truth of the matter is, is like you said, there. Yes, through life experiences, whether it is sports or whether it is doing something really difficult, you know, and, and, you know, and and both my boys are, are not spoiled, you know, they work hard, they both, uh, they both are in their careers, they both are hardworking. And to me, that's like a success, like I, I actually was able to get resilience built into them, even though they didn't have the hardships that I had. So that was really my biggest worry, when they were little, like, oh, my gosh, they have you know, they, they can, we can travel around the world. We can, you know, we can do, they can get anything they want. I mean, how do I create in them this, um, you know, this desire to be excellence and the desire to, to work hard yep. and not just take it for granted that, Oh, exactly. you know, you know, like, you know, it's just really important. Yeah. I'm so glad, you know, you shared that experience and that I feel the same way when my girls took pages and pages of notes that day. They're 12 and nine. Oh, that's so good. And, so good. and then they, they asked me, it's like, when are we doing this again? Cause they had a really good time. And, I think the biggest thing they got out of it is having an opportunity to listen to uh, the different stories of like our personal stories. And it's just like you probably shared with your boys, like, and I can now appreciate why our grandparents used to share those stories. And we're like, that's it. You know, it's, it's just passing that down. Yeah. And, and part of that is, is that's how they're going to live their experiences and that's how they're going to appreciate what they have and the privilege they have and the responsibility to living in purpose. A lot of this stems from getting, our kids, our colleagues, our, our business partners to be get very comfortable 
with being honest and accountable to their purpose, because that's how we are able to articulate to each other uh, how we're going to succeed and also recognize how we're going to be able to do whatever we're aiming to do in business and entrepreneurship. There is no go it alone attitude unless you're Mm -hmm. a sole consultant or something like that in a very specialized area. Most people that are running businesses have a team that has to work collectively and it it's only successful when everyone has that tremendous trust um, with each other. Well, trust is only possible, you know, through good communication and appreciation for wherever each other shine or each other's um, uh, uh, capabilities are. So we can rely on each other in order to collectively succeed. So I, I think that's a big part of like any interaction that we have with our spouses, with our children, with our colleagues, Uh, if there's a huge amount of this uh, constant um, uh, recognition of each other's motivation and the motivation driving towards purpose. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, 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 and as an entrepreneur trying to align everybody towards the, the, you know, as I always say, like, if we can find people's passions, hopes, and dreams, and we can align them towards the company's mission, uh, you know, magic happens, right? When you get people in the right roles and they're, they're doing what they feel they were born to do, and they're doing it in, in a way that's adding value to the company. And if you can get all that stuff aligned, it's, you know, as a, as a leader, you just sort of step back. It's like magic just happened, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's and then, that's really, really an important part of leadership. Yeah. And then the other part of it, I think, is that we also have to recognize where, where we support that, right? So there's sometimes you luck out and you find that superstar or superhero on the team that everyone can rally behind other times in your, you need to help nurture that. And that's where I, I talk about this in the book, in the book, the the tools available to us that were available, that are available to athletes are coaches and coaches help you get out of your comfort zone because they are very good at recognizing where your strengths are and getting you to do things that you probably wouldn't do yourself. Um, and, and, and there's a level of accountability to that where you're not just accountable to yourself, but you're accountable to working with, with uh, the other professionals that help you elevate. So entrepreneurship, I think, or, or just as being a, a, a corporate athlete is recognizing uh, for yourself, for your team, where the, where those other influences can help you become a high performer and, we're not saying that everyone's walking around, waking up at 5 a.m., you know, running a half marathon before they go work. No, you know, everyone has their own personal yeah. recipe yeah. for obtaining their purpose. And that could be very different for person A versus person yep. B. And yep. it's just making sure that everyone feels very satisfied with however they're contributing uh, to them, to, to their own growth. It, it, it just... Yeah, you know, and I think there's a lot of other domino or other components of this where that that satisfaction people feel with work and satisfaction people have with their life uh, and self, they're starting with themselves, uh, goes a lot in terms of the comfort in their in their mindset and and some of the other issues that we have in society. Like a lot of people talk about mental illness which is a large problem. Um, 
I don't know if I know everything we talk about, we're talking about today is, you know, necessarily the solution, but I think listening to one another and helping drive towards how we can satisfy what growth we're interested in is a big part of supporting somebody's, um, you know, personal growth. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really, really important. Well, this has been fantastic. I think there's a lot of good points here. Uh, I'm excited about uh, you know this discussion. Um, so how can people find out more about you and the new book? Yeah, so I have a website for the book. It's uh, under my website, panitoland.com, and uh, there's a tab uh, for the book. So you can find out all the information uh, on, on the book on Catapult there, as well as you can order the book directly from the website. It's also available on Amazon. Uh, so, uh, websites, panitedillon.com. Uh, you can also contact me through the, through the website. So there's lots of, lots of cool buttons to press on, on that <laughs> side. Uh, and, uh, I'm available on, on social media and, and, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. So I'm pretty uh, accessible as an individual. <laughs> okay. That's great. We'll, we will put the links to those in the show notes and, uh, you know, leaders, I, I really encourage you to think about this topic. Uh, think about this idea of, of you know a corporate athlete and this idea of building resilience for the long term and and finding your purpose both individually and for your organization if you're the leader so really good stuff Benita I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing uh, your story uh, this new book and all of your experiences I really appreciate it well thanks again John I look forward to staying in touch and I'd love to talk to you again I agree I look forward to staying in touch as well. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us, from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.